Hey, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Liz, and it is a bright and early morning in South Florida. Today is part two of Taking Control of Intense Emotions. If you didn't listen to part one, that's the episode right before, which is episode 90. We're getting close to episode 100. It's only like, ah, uh, eight more or something after today. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to let you know that there is a survey that I'm running, very fast survey, takes you about a minute to two minutes, just five questions, but it gives me an idea of who my listeners are. So I'm running this through September, at least 2018, may run longer than that, because I really like data, I like collecting it, I like to see who my listeners are. So it's just to give me a snapshot of who you are, who's out there listening to this. I really like to know who you are. I love getting your emails. Thank you so much for that. Or your uh, messages on Facebook, all of those. I really love communication with my audience. So I want to thank you for that right now. Okay, let's jump in. Oh, no, the link to the survey is in the show notes. It's a, a hard uh, link for me to give like over the air. So just go to the description on your podcast player, or it's obviously on the website and just click that link. And it's very fast to take. And I really, really would appreciate that. It is anonymous. So you don't have to worry about me knowing who you are. Okay. All right. Let's jump into today's episode. So last week I did review the book, The Mindfulness Solution for Intense Emotions by Cedar R. Coons. In that episode, we talked about what she covers in the book. Obviously, it's a book review. It's an excellent, excellent book. Let me just say that right here. That's why I'm reviewing it on the podcast, because I think it's so, so helpful. It's been helpful in my own life. It's been helpful in my clients' lives. I consider it a supplement to dialectical behavior therapy, DBT, which is all about taking control of your emotions, emotional regulation. I use this a lot in my practice not just with borderline personality disorder, which is really who it was developed for, but with all kinds of clients. It's been really helpful to combine with cognitive behavior therapy, CBT, for clients who are coming into me highly anxious. I've also found it really useful with couples. And I talked about that some last week in that episode. We talked about emotion mind and how to move out of judgment and why we would do that. And this week, I thought we would talk a little bit more about how to move out of emotion mind, because this is a question I get constantly. So emotion mind is really when you're overwhelmed with feelings, and you're in that state of you just don't know what to do. You feel like acting on something, but you don't 
quite know what, you know, or sometimes you're very clear on what you would love to do. These are like the fantasies that most people have at some point when they're in like in a highly emotional state. Let's say you're angry at someone and you have all these fantasies about what you're going to do. Okay, that's emotion mind. You're solidly in emotion mind. Now, what happens sometimes is people actually act on those or they find it really, really hard not to. And today's episode is more about how do we get out of emotion mind, that feeling state, and into wise mind. Let me say right here that there's two parts to this. And briefly, wise mind is that state where we can make a good decision, good choices. We're combining what our emotions need, our feeling body needs with our more logical, reasonable mind. It's the combination of those two. Wise mind sort of overlaps both of those. And the goal here when you're in emotion mind is to move into wise mind's waiting room. This is how Sita Arcoons puts it. And I'll quote from her book right here. She says, when we attempt to access wise mind, we become more calmly alert. We don't exactly know what to do and are aware that we can make a mistake, especially by acting on urges. I like to call this state being in wise mind's waiting room. Here we consider our options. So I'm going to read that again because I know for me, I would rewind at this point. (laughs) I'd be like, let me hear that again. When we attempt to access wise mind, we become more calmly alert. We don't exactly know what to do and are aware that we can make a mistake, especially by acting on urges. I like to call this state being in wise mind's waiting room. Here we consider our options. So she differentiates between wise mind's waiting room and then really moving into wise mind. And that's when we are more calm and we really can make a decision. But sometimes when you're in emotion mind, the real goal there is just to get to the waiting room of wise mind. Like all I have to do is sit tight. And I can tell you, it took me forever to learn this, just to sit tight. I am someone who wants to act on my urges, particularly when I was younger. And I wouldn't say in the last, you know, five to 10 years or so, that's a lot easier for me not to do that. But it is due to a lot of hard work in therapy and learning DBT myself, learning this, these set of skills myself about how to just sit tight and do nothing until I'm in a much calmer state, until I can think clearly, until I can consider my options until I can consult whoever I need to consult and make sure that I'm making a wise decision. So this is the biggest question I get in my practice, I would say. Well, I get a lot of big questions actually (laughs) about all kinds of things. But one of them is how do I move out of emotion mind? And this is not a quick fix, easy answer. So let me tell you this. People work on these skills for certainly months years. I continue to consult them. There is one of the handouts on my fridge that's posted right now that we're going to cover today, actually, all about self-soothing. These are skills that I want my girls to learn over time so that they have an easier time moving into Wise Minds Waiting Room. So I just want to say that right here. But I thought what would be helpful today is just to give some really concrete tips that you can take with you and begin to use. So there's two parts to this. One part is prevention. People don't like to hear this part, okay? (laughs) They really don't. Um, But I will say that prevention does not have to be 
a huge chunk of your time. It can be very short, small daily practices or almost daily is what I like to say. Sometimes you'll move into them in cycles and then move out of them in cycles, meaning maybe you went on vacation, you didn't do any of these for like 10 days, but then you come back home and you're, you say to yourself, well, I need to get back to these because I know it helps me. And what are they? I'm just giving a brief list here. There's all kinds of ways to do prevention, but these are the ones that tend to pop up over and over again for people. And DBT is the mindfulness skills. So really learning how to be mindful. I did an episode on mindful parenting a little while back, episode 84. And I was also interviewed on Mindful Matters, which is a podcast by Chris Griffin. So you can look that one up as well. That's going to come out of my newsletter uh, probably next week too, the link to that. So mindfulness, if you want to learn more about that, is really about being present and in the moment and being able to access that. So often when we get into an anxiety state or an emotional state, our thoughts are all about what's going to happen or what did happen. So it's looking at the past and it's looking at the future. It's not being in the present and seeing what's really right around you. So mindfulness skills is a big part of prevention and doing practices that increase that. Meditation helps you increase your mindfulness skills and it has all kinds of benefits. And I've done several episodes on meditation. The easiest, quickest meditation I can tell you to do is what I call the lazy person's meditation, meaning it's when you first wake up in the morning or when you're falling asleep, you're lying in bed, you don't have to sit up. And you just do some breathing right there for a couple of minutes. Inhale to four and exhale to eight. Just a couple of cycles of that. That counts as meditation. You're concentrating on your breath. You're coming back to your breath if you're getting caught up in a story in your head. So that's a a good part of prevention. Exercise, yoga for a lot of people, or Tai Chi, something that centers you like that, that's in the body, that's calming, Therapy is part of prevention, having some safe place to go to and talk to somebody about what's going on. Hypnosis, often I see as part of prevention. If you have a hypnosis file that really helps calm you down and keeps you in a centered state and you listen to it on a semi-regular basis, that's part of prevention, part of keeping your mind calm. There's a free one to reduce fear and anxiety, and there's also a one for emotional stability. If you join my newsletter, you'll have access to both of those off of my website, drlizhypnosis.com. And those are completely free, but you can find them all over the place, right? Like, obviously I like mine, but you can just YouTube them and get free meditations or hypnosis just to keep you in a calm state. So that's part of it. Clarifying values. You don't always hear this one talked about, but I think it's a really important for prevention is get clear on what are your values. Is it to be kind? Is it to have a, a life that includes joy? Is it to show compassion? When you have the opportunity to show compassion and moving into a compassionate state, when you clarify those values, when you're not an emotion mind, then that helps you access them when you are an emotion mind. Like, wait a minute, I have the value here of speaking kindly and acting kindly. And the fantasy that's running in my head is neither one of those. Okay, so let me just pause here and acknowledge that 
and then wait until I get to Wise Mind's waiting room or I move fully into Wise Mind. So those are prevention parts. Journaling, that's one too, before I move on to the next section. Or if you don't like to journal, gratitude lists, just a simple gratitude list. There's a technique called Nikon that is all about cultivating gratitude and different ways to do that. It's a really lovely technique. So look that up if you're struggling with how do I move into gratitude or move into compassion for someone that I'm really angry with or that I have resentment against. Art, doing art or doing something creative, making music, dancing, like these types of things that really help to focus the mind are preventative in terms of helping you exist and move into wise mind. I'm sure there's other ones out there. These are just some common ones that I hear over and over. But if you have one I didn't list, please email it to me. I would love to hear about it. And my email is drlizdrliz at drlizhypnosis.com. All right, so we've done the prevention part. Now let's talk about in the moment part. So when you're overwhelmed and you're in emotion mind, when let's say your anxiety has gotten to a certain level that it is a wash in your body, perhaps you're having panic attacks or you're suddenly bursting into tears or you have to pull the car over or you just feel like you're taken over. Now this can happen because something actually happened to you. Or sometimes what happens is your stress level and your anxiety level gets so high that you just feel like you're existing in this state. So in DBT, we talk about distress tolerance, how to tolerate something that happens that distresses you, how to tolerate it without acting on urges. So that's the key here. So in the moment, something happens, let's say that you are slighted in some way. Maybe you're left out of a group activity. Maybe your coworkers go to happy hour and somehow you're not invited. Maybe your mother calls and talks about how she just helped your brother and you know she hasn't helped you lately and it sets you off. Maybe the kids are just driving you nuts and the baby's crying and crying and crying and you don't know what to do, okay? A million things could happen to you. And I know I'm giving some more minor, smaller ones. Obviously, much huger things can happen to you. Particularly, I know I have listeners around the world that are really existing and living in very, very difficult circumstances. So I want to acknowledge that here. So in the moment, we move into self-soothing. What's the difference between self-soothing and self-care? This is a common question I get. Self-care is more of this prevention stuff that I just talked about. It's soothing your nervous system over the long haul. Self-soothing is actually in the moment. Something happens or you're in an emotional state or you come home from work, you had a bad day, you want to overeat. That's in the moment and you need self-soothing in that moment. Now, some of them overlap. So sometimes self-soothing is journaling or exercise or meditation, It's just something you need in the moment. Hypnosis can also be self-soothing where you're like, oh my God, I'm going out of my mind. So I'm just going to put on a hypnosis or a meditation file and just listen to it. 
I also teach quick techniques in my practice that you can use in the spot to interrupt a negative reaction. One of them is called an eye roll technique. So if you just take a moment here, don't do this if you're driving, but if you're anywhere else, you can pretty much do it. Just stare up toward your eyebrows. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold the breath while holding the extension of your eyeballs. Good. Now see if you can hold your eyes upward while slowly fluttering your eyelids closed. And now relax your eyes in the eye socket and relax your breath. Let the skin around your eyes soften and just float inside for a little bit. You can choose an image to float to, something that's soothing. So that's a quick technique that you can do just to begin to soothe yourself. It has this physiological response to it when you roll the eyes in the eye socket. That's when I teach in my practice. We also talk about thinking errors. This comes from more of the CBT world, cognitive behavior therapy world, where we identify what type of thinking are we in? Are we in black and white thinking where it's just one extreme or another? Are we catastrophizing, just running the worst disaster scenario in our mind that we can possibly think of? Are we making judgments and assumptions about what's going to happen? Are we going way into the future? Are we trying to change the past, wishing something hadn't happened? We talked about that in the last episode as well moving into radical acceptance of what has happened and what is going on right now is a self-soothing technique that you can use in the moment. And I have worksheets in my practice that I use to do that, to help you do that. I'm happy to email you my personal one around radical acceptance. If you email me, I'll email it right back to you. Then we move to self-soothing in terms of the five senses. So I'm going to give some here. With vision, you can look at the stars at night if, you, if it's at night. You can look at pictures you like in a book. Go and buy one beautiful flower. Go people watching or window shopping. Sit in a lobby of a beautiful old hotel. Look at nature around you. Take a walk in nature. So these are things to just delay acting on those urges that you may be feeling when you're in emotion mind. With hearing, listen to soothing or invigorating music. Pay attention to sounds of nature. So these are like the sounds of ocean waves or birds around you or rainfall or leaves rustling or sounds of city traffic, horns or music. You can hum a soothing tune with smell. You can burn incense or light a scented candle or open a package of coffee and inhale the aroma or sit in a cafe where they're serving really good coffee. Some people like the smell of new car, right? So you could always go to a car dealership and just sit in a new car, right? <laughs> you could just, I don't know, pretend that you're going to buy a car or something. That might be fun. Smell flowers that are around you. With taste, you can eat a favorite food or Make a soothing drink like tea or hot chocolate or latte or smoothie. You can chew your favorite gum or suck on a piece of peppermint candy, perhaps. Or just eat one thing mindfully. With touch, you can take a long hot bath or shower, pet your dog or cat, put a cold compress on your forehead, 
hug someone or put on clothes that feel really comfortable to you. I know for me, I'm very touch sensitive. I have always been one of these people who just cannot tolerate uncomfortable clothes. And sometimes even at the beginning of the day when I'm more in my business clothes and office clothes, because I'm in my office working, those may start out as comfortable. But as the day moves on and I get more tired or something happens, it's this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I have to get out of these clothes and I have to get into something more comfortable. So if you know that's you, then that's a really good cue for you. Like, oh, geez, okay, perhaps I'm feeling overwhelmed. And if I can, I need to change into something comfortable. Playing a game on your smartphone. This is a good one. If you're younger and you're listening to this podcast, I mean, this applies even if you're older, particularly if you're younger and you're really upset and you go on your phone and your parents are yelling at you or something, you can say, hey, Dr. Bonace, this is a wonderful way to self-soothe. Let me just calm down here. And then mom or dad, I will talk to you in about 15 minutes. So playing a game on your smartphone or on the computer, watching a YouTube video or a show that you like, listening to a podcast, that's often a way that I calm down. It's like, oh, you know, I've had a stressful day or something happens. It's like, I just need to take a break. I'll put on my headphones, listen to a podcast, walk the dog and calm down a little bit and see if I can move at least into the waiting room of wise mind, if not fully into wise mind. So those are just some ideas about ways to self-soothe in the moment, ways to calm down in the moment, just so you don't act on any urges that may cause pain in your life or may not be effective for you in your life. The goal here is to move into thoughtful, wise action and to act in a way that's consistent with your own values. So right here at the end, I'm just going to give the reminder to take the survey again, because I know if it was me, I would have already forgotten by the beginning of the episode. (laughs) So I would love if you take a couple of minutes to do that. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Peace. I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis.